WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. And good morning to you, Indianapolis. I am Cameron Riddle inside the Hot 96.3 and WTLC Studios. It is Sunday, May 16th, 2021. And we've got a lot to talk about on this edition of Open Lines. Among them are a couple of things that start with a C. One of them is COVID. The other is crime. COVID because, of course, the CDC, another C there, has announced that you do not need to wear a mask indoors or outdoors if you are fully vaccinated. Again, the CDC has announced that no one in this country needs to wear a mask indoors or outdoors if you are fully vaccinated. However, here in Marion County, Indianapolis, Dr. Virginia Kane is saying, not so fast, y'all. There's a couple of things that I need you guys to do before I can lift our mask mandate. One of those things is get vaccinated. We'll talk about that and some of the ways that it is being made easier and more accessible for you to get vaccinated coming up at 7.30. And at that time, I also want to hear from you. Now that the CDC is saying you don't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated. Are you going to put the mask away? Me personally? That bad boy is gone. I did what I was supposed to do. I did my public service and I got vaccinated. So when I was in Hamilton County on Friday and there was no local mask mandate and the CDC said I didn't have to wear one. Guess what, baby? No mask. And it felt good. But now I got to start shaving. All that more coming up at 7.30. Want to know what are you going to do? Will you still wear the mask or will you get vaccinated? It's an incentive for some people. On the flip side, though, we are going to start this morning's show uh, off with the other C, and that is crime here in Indianapolis. It's something on this show we haven't talked a whole lot about in recent weeks because there's just been so much to talk about. But even when we're not looking at it directly or having a whole show about it, Uh, Unfortunately, it is still happening, and we know that because the numbers are rising on crime here in Indianapolis, and with it only being May, only five months into the year, we are already getting ready to approach 100 homicides in Indianapolis, Marion County, in the fifth month of the year. Now, you may say, well, what's, what's the big deal about that? Well, that normally doesn't happen until much later in the year. And sometimes we barely, you know, there have been years where we barely get over 100. Um, So far, this does not look like it's going to be one of those years with lower homicides. For example, in 2019, by October, we had just reached 112 homicides. So just over 100 In October of 2019, that's the year before the pandemic. October 2020, by that point, we had reached 160 homicides. So you can see that there is an exponential uptick in the crime and the violent crime, the murders that are happening inside of this city. With that said, in 2020, there were only 69 homicides by this time in May. 48 homicides by this time in May 2019. 50 in May 2018. 53 in May 2017. So far this year in 2021, there have been 93 homicides. That was by May 14th. Remember, we were just getting to 112 in October of 2019. That has been a cause for alarm for some of those faith leaders and the FOP, uh, your good buddies Rick Snyder and and the Ten Point Coalition's uh, uh, Dr. Charles Harrison 
And so this morning, the conversation we want to have is I'm going to listen, show you some of the press conference that they gave this week, calling attention once again to the violence in Indianapolis. And then we'll talk about what they think is the solution, um, because they keep saying we need we, we can't act. We can't wait. We have to act now. But what exactly does that mean? We're going to dive into that. And and their answer is going to maybe encourage some of you, but it's probably going to tick a lot of you off. So if if what they are offering is not the solution, what is? That is the question for you when you call me at 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. I'm going to play a couple of different stories this morning uh, that have uh, aired uh, on the different TV stations. Uh, I'm going to start this morning with the Hot 96.3 media partner of Wish TV. Uh, David Williams, one of my good friends here in town, uh, did some reporting this week on that very press conference that we're also going to hear a little bit more of uh, coming up here in the show. But he talked with Charles Harrison, with Rick Snyder, and some folks in the community who have seen the violence increase over the years. This is what they had to say. Indianapolis is home for Marvin Batts. He's aware of violent incidents around town. It's a shame. It's a shame. And I done lived in this city all my life, and I ain't never seen it like that. You know, growing up, you, you know, we had our moments, but not like this, man. Today, Reverend Charles Harrison and Fraternal Order of Police President Rick Snyder called attention to Indianapolis violence. Indianapolis is in a public safety crisis. The violence is out of control. Indy can't wait. Violence is surging within the surge. It's, it's to levels we've never seen before. According to IMPD data, there were 88 intentional homicides so far this year. In 2020, there were 56 intentional homicides. That's an increase of 32 homicides in a year-to-date comparison. Man, that's crazy. Reverend Harrison explained potential reasons why. The revolving door, which is uh, catch and release, particularly of our most uh, violent repeat felons um, that are arrested by law enforcement and um, in a short period of time are back out on the street. That, that creates some um, issues for us on the ground in trying to address the violence. Harrison says it'll take all of us working together to address the different facets driving city violence. Snyder says police are doing everything they can and have adopted a beat model that focuses on community collaboration. Both Snyder and Harrison call on Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett to assemble an emergency public safety meeting. And get our law enforcement representatives, our fraternal order of police, the Marion County Prosecutor, our judges, community and anti-violence leaders and clergy all around a table to address the record-breaking violence in our city. Indy can't wait. Today, the mayor's spokesperson sent News 8 a statement. The city continues to work with community stakeholders to improve our violence reduction efforts. In 2021 alone, we will invest $4.6 million in neighborhood-based violence interventions, add two new recruit classes of IMPD officers, and significantly expand our community violence intervention team. I'm David Williams, Wish TV, wishtv.com, and follow us on Facebook. And thank you, David, for that report. We thank David and Wish TV. You can see more of that story on their website, wishtv.com. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Let's talk about this. Did you catch what uh, is the recommendation from the FOP and from... Um, Snyder, what they want to do, and I've talked to Rick Snyder about this, and the only reason he's not on the show this morning is he works six days a week, and he's committed to his family that Sundays is going to be his day off. So he doesn't really do anything on Sundays. But I have a feeling that at some point Rick Snyder is going to run for something, and at which point he will be on this show to talk with us. 317-239-9696. But I do talk to Rick Snyder whenever I call. He answers uh, and we just talk. So I, I get, I have a good idea of what he's trying to do, what he wants out of this. Um, catch and release is one of the things that they want to do. Rick tells me, you know, he says, Cameron, if you go sit outside of the Marion County Jail, you'll see somebody get arrested in the morning. You'll see him get sent out later that afternoon. And his theory is they go back out and create the same, commit the same crime. 
He says that's the problem. He says it's catch and release, that people are getting locked up by the morning. They're getting spun out and sent out that afternoon, partially because the jail's already overcrowded. So he says that allows people to go back out and commit the same crime that they were arrested for that morning or yesterday, whatever. You get get the point. So that is one of the things that they want is for people to quit being released. So on one hand, it's, I guess, yes, it's arrest more people, but I won't say arrest more people. It's keep the bad people or the alleged bad people in jail for longer and not just send them right back out the door. That is the recommendation and the solution offered one of them by the 10 point coalition. That's Reverend Charles Harrison and the FOP's Rick Snyder, who at some point I think is going to run for something. I'm not sure what it is, but he's going to run for something. Maybe mayor. I don't know. Um, what do you think? 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. The phones are ringing. We're going to talk to some of these folks, and then we'll go back and let you hear more of what Rick Snyder is offering in his own words. For now, let's hit the phones. 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, Cameron. It's Larry. Good you morning, know, the, Larry. Consensus, the consensus is that you don't have to obey the police. All our attorneys, all of our uh, leaders, so-called, are saying you don't have to obey the police when they tell you to stop or do something. And then if they kill you, your family can get rewarded. So that's the message we're sending. And also, we don't we overlook the internet, the pornography that's being forced there to our kids, the uh, pornography that's coming over the airways. We never bring that to the table. I mean, are you embarrassed? Pornography is real, and that's violence. You know, you have a lot of our young men who are on medical drugs. They are teenagers. And then when they get those feelings and can't respond because they're chemically castrated, that's driving a lot of the violence. They don't have any other outlet for it. So I just think we're not looking at the real problems. They can do the catch and release still, but people are making money off that every day. They're making money off of it. The uh, uh, the offices are open, right? They were on Delaware, but they've got over 10,000 people out here on bracelets at large committing the same crimes over and over again. And uh, we're not going to solve any problems because it's too lucrative to the people who are collecting on this. On this. But uh, our own community and our own media is sending the message, which is the theme song to all the murder and violence and everything that's going on. And that's undeniable. All right. Thank you, Larry. Have a good day. Thanks for calling and appreciate it. 317-239-9696. Do you agree or disagree with what Larry had to say? Or do you agree, disagree with what Rick Snyder and Charles Harrison are trying to get done? Call us 317-239-9696-317-239-9696. Let's go to the caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Michael. Michael, what's on your mind? Uh, Concerning uh, the violence here in the city of Indianapolis and not only Indianapolis across the nation. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Uh, and especially in the urban areas. Um, I think what people are not talking about is... Can you do, me, people got, can you do me one quick favor and turn your radio down so we can uh, hear you? Oh, well, I'm going to have to get up. I'm going to end it with this quick statement. All right, we'll take uh, it. They should do something because I'm disabled. They, they need to do something about these guns. That's all I have to say, sir. Thank you. All right. 317-239-9696. He says the issue is guns. What do you think? 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Murray. What's on your mind? You're live on the air. All right. So um, I heard them talking about the catch and release. Mm-hmm. I think that we've been focused on in, in Indianapolis about that so much that we we need to go back a little farther. We need to prevent the, the crime from happening before we think about they're getting mm-hmm. prevent so that we are not sending so many people to jail to be caught and released. What are some programs that we can do to prevent those crimes? I think that's where we need to start at. So you're saying we need to catch this on the front end rather than the back end when the crime has already happened? Before We need to go to the before. We need mm-hmm. to get programs in our community to prevent some of these young men because a lot of these crimes are being committed by our youth between the ages of 19 and 25. What are programs out here that we can help redirect them so they don't get into crime to be caught and released? We're mm-hmm. looking at it 
after they've already committed this crime. They commit these crimes, we catch and release them. What can we do to prevent those crimes from happening? All right. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. What do, what do you think? Keep calling. 317-239-9696. Uh, I want to play some more now of uh, Rick Snyder at the press conference, which was on Thursday. Today's the 16th. This was the 14th. So today's the 16th, 15th, 14th. Oh, maybe it was Friday. Um, to talk about what he is saying. This is Rick Snyder, the leader of the Fraternal Order of Police Union. Uh, as he spoke, we'll listen to a few minutes of it so you can hear in his own words what he is asking people in power to do. Thank you, Reverend. I just want to speak to some of the specifics with the trends and the statistics that we are seeing uh, within Indianapolis right now uh, related to the uh, violence. A key factor is just this past week. Within this past week, last Friday, uh, May 7th through this Friday, today, May 14th, violence statistics show that at least 22 people have been shot, three people have been stabbed, with nine of those folks being killed. That's 25 people shot or stabbed with nine killed in just the past seven days. Overall, for Indianapolis, the statistics show so far in 2021 that as of today, there have been at least 369 people shot, 81 people stabbed, with 93 people killed. That's just in 131 days. That's a total of 450 people shot or stabbed so far this year, and it puts our city on pace for at least 259 homicides unless this cycle is interrupted. Now, since uh, Reverend Harrison and I began tracking these trends, after making a formal call to action from a street corner in downtown Indianapolis in the fall of 2019, we began tracking these, these non-fatal shootings, stabbings, other aggravated assaults, and our overall homicides beginning in November of 2019. Since that time, the past 549 days, at least 1,469 people have been shot. 454 people have been stabbed, with a total of 348 killed. That's 1,922 people shot or stabbed since we have raised this issue and begged our elected leaders to take action. Here are the latest comparative analysis that we are finding. I think this uh, hits home with people and it, it, it puts it into perspective for them. Like it or not, uh, our, uh, our neighbors to the north in Chicago are well known for their violence and their homicide statistics. Here's what many Indianapolis residents are not aware of. When you do the comparative analysis and you adjust for the population differences, the differences in size of total number of population for our cities, Indianapolis is outpacing Chicago as it relates to our rates of homicide per capita. I'm going to break that down for you. Currently, Indianapolis is at 93 homicides. The city of Chicago, as of this morning, was at 221 homicides. But here's the difference. Our population in Indianapolis is 876,862. The projected population for Chicago is 2,706,000 residents. That means that Chicago's population is 3.09 times greater than that of Indianapolis. Therefore, the, when you factor in an equivalency of per capita, you take the 3.09 times the 93 homicides, that shows an equivalency factor for Indianapolis of 287.37 homicides. This means that per capita, Indy is actually equaling 1.3 homicides for every one homicide in Chicago. That's stunning. So it appears based on this comparative analysis, that India is actually 30% higher than Chicago's pace for homicides per capita thus far in 2021. Now that's the statistics, that's the numbers, that's getting in the weeds, but here's the deal. That is what we are seeing on the front lines, in the streets, in the neighborhoods throughout our city. Worse yet, attacks on law enforcement have also been skyrocketing across our nation. 
and I know Reverend Harrison is just as concerned about this trend as well. Nationwide, we have just learned today that nationwide 106 law enforcement officers have been shot and 23 have been killed by gunfire. 27 of those officers shot in our country, 22 were in, I'm sorry, 27 officers were shot in 22 different ambush attacks. All right, that's just a little bit of uh, Rick Snyder uh, talking, addressing the surging violence across the city. Um, and that wasn't even really the catch and release part of the discussion, but I'll try to find that because I queued up the wrong part. Nevertheless, what do you think? 317-239-9696. Is he on to something or are they barking up the wrong tree here again? Their solution is to keep the folks, once they get locked up, keep them there and quit sending them back out the front door. But is that the solution or is there something else we could be doing? 317-239-9696. Let's talk about it. Let's go to the phone lines. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, my name is Antonia. Good morning. I, good morning. I am the mother of the brother and sister that were killed in Postbrook back in 2019, mm. Nicholas and Ashlyn Nelson. Sorry, I, I remember that. Mm. I was there, unfortunately, and I am sorry for your loss, but I'm excited to hear what you have to say. I think that, and thank you, I appreciate that. I think that um, that would be a good idea as far as the catch and release, meaning keep them inside, but give them adequate programs that are going to help them. Not only that, we need to put <clears throat> help into the community that actually helps the community. Yes, we receive funding, but a lot of the funding does not go towards these kids that are desperately in need of it. They're hurting. They don't have an output. <clears throat> a lot of them are addicted to drugs because they're trying to drown out the depression that is brewing inside of them and the hurt that is brewing inside of them. And they don't have proper conflict resolution skills. So they go out and just wreak havoc on the world. So we need to show our babies love. And that starts with home as well as outside of the home. So we have so many hurt people raising hurt people and then expect them to go out into the world and be proper citizens. It's going, go ahead, sorry. No, no, no. Um, you, since you called, I'm, I'm, you have a very unique perspective. And, and if off the top of my head, your kids were are Ashlyn and Nicholas, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do remember that one. What has it been like for you to, to go through this? What, what, what is it, you know, the loss part is hard enough, but is, has there been what kind of conversations, I guess, have you had with the police or the mayor, or the powers that be about exactly what you're saying right now? I have not had any um, conversations with the police or the mayor yet. I'm just now in the process of getting my foundation up and running and being on different panels and going out and praying for the community and actually seeing what's going on. Um, but it, it's not easy. Every time that I ride past a crime scene, it brings back that horrible day that I, I, I cannot stand. Mm -hmm. I relive it each and every time. Every time that I hear about one of our young black or brown babies, and to me, they're babies, losing their life, it hurts for the world. Life continues to go on, but for me, it was just yesterday. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I believe that there's so many other parents that feel that way also. We need our women to step up because, yes, it's mama's babies, but daddy's maybe. He may or may not be there. Mm -hmm. And we need our women to, to stand up, put ourselves on the back burner so we can raise outstanding children. These kids are smart. And we, they're, and I, I say we because I don't like to try to point the finger, mm -hmm. but we are just calling them any and everything but their name, calling them dumb, calling them ugly, making them go out and figure out how they're going to feed their siblings. And it's that for this not to be the way of life for them. We have to do better. Put yourself on the back burner and love on these babies. We had them. They didn't ask to be here. We made them here. So. And you've got, I'm, I'm talking to you longer because I'm, I'm just interested in what you have to say, but what's your foundation that you're working on? It's called the Untold Foundation, Inc. I currently am in the process of rolling out a back-to-school drive. So um, I just did a toy drive this past Christmas that was able to raise 100 
1,082 items for families. We donated to two shelters as well as, I want to say, 600 children. They were able to get four um, items of police in a family game. And I just want to spread love. So I'm doing different things to give back to the community. I will be having my website up very soon. And I will be doing speaking engagements again. I I was doing it at schools before. Could could could. Could you do me a favor and email me? I'd like to keep up with what you're doing in your, your foundation. Yes, I can. I'm sorry. I was currently in the car. Let me get something. Okay, I'm ready. My email is C-R-I-D-L-E. There's just one D in riddle. C-R-I-D-L-E at... C-R-I-D-L-E at... At radio dash... O N E dot com. All right. I will do so. Um, and then one last thing. I mm-hmm. uh, So many different people ask me how I was able to forgive the young man. Mm-hmm. Um, only days after he had took my babies. Mm-hmm. If I held on to that hurt that so many people were holding on to, you can't move forward. It takes so much more energy to hold on to hurt and hate mm-hmm. than to just forgive and let go. It wasn't for him. It was for me and my, and my now almost eight-year-old. I had to do that so I could be a better person for her and myself. And now I see that God has something out there for, for, for the community, and he's putting it through me. That's, at least that's how I feel. Wow. Um it was good to talk to you. Please email me. We want to keep up with what you're doing. I, 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 we may have met, and without seeing your your face, I'm not sure, but I, I know I was there. And I, unfortunately, I've talked to so many, you know, mothers like you who have gone through this. I've talked to more than I would like to have. So, um, but we want to keep up with what it is you're doing because you've got the energy and the spirit that a lot of people like you just said, just don't understand how you're able to do it. So we want to stay up to date with you. Thank you so much for calling. Yes, thank you, and you have a wonderful day. You as well. All right, 827 this morning on uh, Open Lines here on a Sunday. Wow, powerful call. You never know who's listening and what they're going through and, and what they can relate to. That, obviously, a major example of somebody who has seen our crime um, up close. Wow. All right, let's take another call. Then we'll go to break. And I think we'll come back and we'll talk some more on this because the phones are still ringing and we'll end the show with the uh, with COVID and, and all that jazz. Uh, let's go to line three. Caller, good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? This is Tank. Tank, what's on your mind, sir? Hey, um, I just have some concern about the catch and release type mm-hmm. situation. I mean, we, we know that a lot of the crime goes on in by black neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So when you when you talk about catch and release, you're talking about locking our people up and throwing away the key. Mm-hmm. And this is what they've been doing for many, many years. Mm-hmm. I mean, this has been going on forever. And we know statistically, we know this. Mm-hmm. This is young black men that are going to prison. Half of them are going for basically nothing. And so that creates a problem because they have children, they have families and everything out here. So that catch and release thing need to be throwed out the window because it's a disadvantage to our black people, and that's what's happening. Now, when we talk about the police officers that being killed and everything, what about these unarmed black men, mm-hmm. men that don't have guns in the street and they just kill them for nothing? Traffic violations, even the kids, uh, a little boy, Tamir Rice, playing in the park or somewhere in Ohio, police pulled up and shot the boy maybe 10, 12 times for nothing, playing with a cat gun. See, these are situations that we need to put more focus on also because we got these this racist stuff going on throughout the country. It's systematic. Uh, it's here in Indianapolis as well. Rick Snyder sounds like one, if you ask me. I'm just going I'm just I'm just being brill about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you talk about locking these people up and throwing away the key, you're talking about our people. And this has been going on for a long time. Well But you got but you even have people on board this siding with that situation. Well, and I was going to say some, when you talk about our people, you're talking about black folks. And as you know, someone standing next to him is black Reverend, Reverend Charles Harrison. So it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we, we just, we, I mean, we have that, 
we have that issue going on. But like I said, when we talk about throwing away the key, we know who's we know who the key's been throwing away on. Mm-hmm. And, and it's our people. Tank, thank you so much for the call, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Uh Anthony, uh, we kind of blew through a break there. So let's go ahead and take a break now. And we will let's go ahead and combine those breaks. So we'll do the one break. Uh, And you know what to do. Uh, For everybody else, keep calling me. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. We're talking about uh, the big C's here in town. That's COVID and crime. We've been talking about crime for the first half, but we will continue the crime conversation into the next break when we also bring in that other C of COVID. Uh, All that and more when Open Lines continues. I'm Cameron Riddle on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on Hot 96.3. Let's get back to Open Lines, your eye on the community on Hot Here on Hot 96.3 and WTLC, I'm Cameron Riddle. This is Open Lines on Sunday, May 16th, 2021. And we are talking about the two big C's that have a tight grip on Indianapolis, and that is COVID and crime. Uh, We'll talk about all that in just a second when you keep calling for your thoughts at 317-239-9696. But before we get back into that couple of messages from the news and notes section of the show this morning, uh, this is not an advertisement, but I just want y'all to know Mike Epps' new show on Netflix is the bomb. I actually like Mike Epps. As a TV dad, The Upshaws is on Netflix, and it's set here in Indianapolis. And that's why I'm telling you, because our city is being represented on this new sitcom, which is on Netflix. And by the way, it is the number one show on Netflix. It just debuted on Monday. And Indy is representing as number one. You got to check the show out. It's pretty good. Kim Fields is the mom and wife. Wanda Sykes is the trash-talking sister. Uh, It's pretty good. Check it out. That's what I want you to know from the news and notes section. Also, speaking of Indianapolis, remember the North Split has now closed. So if you have to go out uh, for work tomorrow or for school and you drive through uh, the North Split downtown, Put it in Google Maps first, because I just found out that actually only half of the North Split is closed. You can still go across it if you're coming from like where the radio station is downtown and you're going to go to the east side on 70. You can still go that way, but you can't go south. And if you're coming from the south, you can't go north. Anyway, my advice to you is put it, put your job in or wherever you got to go for tomorrow. Put it in your GPS. Because if it's open, your GPS knows right now and it'll allow you to go through the split. But if it's closed, it will reroute you. So take a second, make sure you're not affected because you actually can still drive through downtown. Who knew? Um, That's a gripe that I'll talk about later. All that's the news and notes section for you uh, here this morning. But back to the original conversation that we were having here. um, COVID and crime. COVID and crime. We can talk about either one of them for the rest of the show here, so it's going to be a little bit of an ebb and flow. I know I got callers standing by who obviously want to talk about crime because that's when you called in. We'll talk to you, and we'll also talk about COVID. So we're not changing subjects. You can call and talk about either one. On the COVID end, it is, are you going to stop wearing your mask? Or has this uh, 
new restriction being lifted by the CDC encouraged you to give you a little bit of incentive to go get vaccinated. I talked to a person earlier this week who said, actually, this might give me a reason to just go get vaccinated so I don't have to worry about wearing a mask. Now, of course, people can make up their own rules in their store. You know, even if the county lifts it, if you come into, uh, you know, Cameron's Diner, which doesn't exist. But if it did and I wanted you to wear a mask, you would have to wear a mask. Otherwise, they don't have to serve you. So you could just get vaccinated and take that off the table. But I know a lot of you, and I've talked to the Marion County Health Department just this week. I talked to them. We're setting up something to get uh, uh, somebody on, somebody new on, a doctor to answer the questions for the people who are on the fence about not getting a vaccine. I've talked to a lot of people, though, who who came to me and said, well, Cam, you know, I know I told you I was not going to get that vaccine. I told you that. Remember? Well, I went ahead and got the vaccine and it wasn't so bad. That person um, is a hardcore uh, Trump. I do whatever Trump says person. And so she was in that school of thought that that's not that's not going to be for me. But something clicked with her and she said, let me go ahead and get this. So anyway, where do you stand on all that crime and COVID? Let's go back to the phones. Uh, 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Hi, this is Rich uh, in Indianapolis. Hi, Rich. Hi, I wanted to speak on uh, the crime that Rich Snyder was talking about. Mm -hmm. I want to say this. I don't personally, and and a lot of people that I know, we don't want to hear about protections with law enforcement. Law enforcement has all the resources financially and all the weapons to deal with that issue. What I want to hear about and what a lot of people want, that, that we want to hear about is how are they holding law enforcement accountable for all that they're doing across this country? And what I'm not hearing is solid solutions like when a doctor does malpractice, they stop, they can't work mm. in that field again. I think when law enforcement gets into these situations, not only being fired, or an administrative leave is not enough. They need to take away their pensions, their benefits, and they should be banned from working in law enforcement, let alone security in all 50 states. I think when we hit them in their pockets, that's when law enforcement is going to start watching what they're going to do and how they treat folks. All right. So I don't want to hear from Rick Mm -hmm. about protecting law enforcement. They've got all the resources for that. We want to hear about how they're holding law enforcement accountable That's what we want to hear about from Rick Snyder. So hopefully he's listening right now. All right. What's your name? My name is Rich. Rich, it's good to hear from you. I appreciate you calling and listening. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Like like Rich's uh, passion there. 317-239-9696. Caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? All right, Cameron. How you doing? Brother M.O. Chuck here. I'll be brief. I'll be brief because I've had this long discussion with uh, uh, Pastor Harrison. For a long time, uh-huh. can, can can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah. And Brother Mayhem can testify to it. That it's awful funny for you to sit up there. That that caller before last uh, hit a lot of stuff on the head. Mm-hmm. It's awful funny. You're sitting there with the, the the FOP president. He's not he's he's not the chief. He's not the deputy chief. He's not the mayor. You're sitting there with the FOP president, who is who we know. If you talk to black cops, who really don't represent them that well mm-hmm. from history, okay. But you're sitting there with him, and you want to sit there and say that you're you're an agent. You want to be an advocate for the community. You're talking about Harrison, you right? this, Yes, Harrison. If you go on his Twitter, people, if you go on Charles Harrison's Twitter page, and Pastor Jackson sometimes swing with him because I've gotten into it with them. Basically, what he's caring about is the money. I mean, last month I, 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 I chided on them because that's what he talked about, where certain people are getting these stakeholders, but other people are being shut out. I said, well, I'm, as a taxpayer, we're tired of hearing about all you guys begging for money, and there's nothing really being done about it. If you look at Judge Mathis's theory, Judge Mathis, not Charles Harrison, a real judge from Detroit, most of these issues stem from beefs, just not even drugs. It's personal beefs. So the woman that called talked about conflict resolution, stuff like that, that's, that's more needed. But here's, here's, the, here's where the rubber meets the road. Charles Harrison wants stop and frisk. He has been an advocate for it for years. This is the truth. And if he's listening, you call in and tell me I'm wrong because me and you debated about it. He wants stop and frisk. And your colleagues, Tina and James, last week, we had a little discussion about that because they're talking about the speeders going down 38th and speeding. Mm-hmm. And people mm-hmm. calling and saying, well, they got to do something about it. I said, well, hold on. 
not in this climate right now. You just don't want to be stopping us, black folks, in this climate right now, because speeding is not a death sentence, but it could become a death sentence. So then James says, well, what do you do, do nothing? I said, well, it's just like what the prosecutor near said about marijuana. He said he's not going to prosecute anyone or charge anyone for having an ounce or less of marijuana. He's done the research. He see that black folks, everybody does drugs equally, but yet black folks are put in jail more for it. So he quit doing it. That's a nationwide thing. So to have more of our people stopped or bothered this and the third, it's not going to do the solution. The solution is from a social economic and from a from a teaching standpoint, and there's the, the police is just a reactionary force. And the callers, they just called, just said it. They have all the money and the resources to do everything. Yet you're on you're on TV crying. We don't want to hear it. And trust me, people, black folks. This is brother Emotel. I'm ex student of the nation of Islam. I'm gonna tell you right now. Okay, I'm with my people 100. percent You have many many turncoats in the midst, and you have to watch for them. Anyone that calls for just blankly stopping and locking, and then, you know, get rid of the Constitution. The Constitution has the Fourth Amendment, the Eighth Amendment, the Third, the Fifth Amendment. He just called it for stop, just catch, don't release. Well, you have a Constitution, fool, which we wasn't example, which we couldn't use for years, which we can use now. So until habeas corpus is suspended, which only was done under Lincoln, go to college people, the Constitution still applies. And I, don't, I wouldn't even want to listen to someone who calls and abolishes it. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Imhotep. Appreciate the call, sir. Uh, 317-239-9696. Talking about the two big C's going on in Indianapolis right now, COVID and crime. On the COVID side, um, you know, the mask mandate is lifted, but in Marion County, it's not so fast. Dr. Kane says I need more people to get vaccinated before I can lift that mandate. So what are you going to do? Are you going to get vaccinated? If you are, there is a new location in town. That is making it easier for you to get vaccinated, anybody who lives in Marion County, but specifically people on the far east side. That is where Indigo has now uh, has purchased a, a patch of land that's going to be their new corporate offices. If you're familiar with their office now, it's over on Harding Street and Washington Street, kind of on the just southwest of downtown side of town. But now they've opened up this new they will open up a new office and uh, garage at 30th and Post on the Far East Side. But before it even opens, they're making good use of it to allow more people to get vaccinated and hopefully get us out of this thing. I want to show you what some of our women leaders here in Indianapolis, from the medical, from transportation, from community, from political, how they're all coming together in this story to help our city. We heard from the guys with the FOP and Rick and Charles Harrison, let's hear from the ladies fighting COVID. The building we're in right now will be the future headquarters for Indigo. But before the first transit employee ever reports to work here, this building is already serving hundreds of Hoosiers a day as a vaccination site. It's exciting. You know, we definitely have come into a situation where we're not only uh, thinking about what the problems are, we're trying to address them. Leela Darden is a proud resident of the Far East Side and the president of the Far East Side Community Council. She's among the Hoosiers who have yet to get their COVID vaccine. She says part of that reason is that the vaccine sites are not always consistent or easily accessible on the east side of the city. Well, currently our community has had to go either downtown or to the west side, like to the track and things to that nature, or try to catch you know, different clinics that are open. Local health officials are noticing that issue as well. Dr. Virginia Kane says Eastside residents, many of them black and brown, were indeed sitting in a void of unequal access to the vaccine. She says the need to take action was clear. So not only did we look at the data, but when you can have over 500 people come in in a day for vaccination, that tells you there must have been a need to have hundreds of people coming every day to be vaccinated. That's why Indigo is partnering with the Marion County Health Department to use Indigo's newly purchased headquarters at East 30th Street and Post Road as a consistent vaccine site since Indigo staff won't start using the building until later this year. Indigo CEO Inez Evans answered the call from the community. The building was just sitting here and after listening to Dr. Kane and some others saying there was a need here on the east side, we're like, 
uh, excuse me, but we have a 100,000 square foot facility that's just sitting there. We can delay our construction to make sure that the people of the east side and all of Marion County have an additional place to come get vaccinated. City County Councilor Lakeisha Jackson represents this area and says local leaders are listening to voices like Leela Darden, who just wants her community to get what it needs. We are hearing the needs and the voices of the Far East Side collaborate and come together to bring resources, transportation, free vaccinations here on the Far East Side. Cameron Riddle, WRTV. And that was a report by me. If you didn't guess from over on WRTV.com, you want more information about how to get to that uh, vaccination clinic at 30th and Post on the Far East Side. Uh, you can't get vaccinated today because it is Sunday and they are closed on Monday. However, on Tuesday, they open at 10 a.m. Uh, until 6. On Wednesday and Thursday, they are open from 11 a.m. until 7. And then on Friday, they are open from 8 a.m. until 3. And on Saturdays, from 9 until 1. You can walk in, although appointments are recommended. It's also right on two bus lines. They'll get you right there. Um, you walk right in. They've got plenty of space in this beautiful new building that they have. Uh, that is how our ladies, and I was fascinated with that story. I really enjoyed talking to all the ladies because I'm like, wow. All these women in here running things. Dr. Kane, Leela Darden on the community side, Lakeisha Jackson on the political side, Inez Evans on the transit side, everybody coming together to get things done. That's how they, the ladies, are helping. I love powerful women. That was a good story. All right. We're talking about what the ladies are doing with COVID and what the gentlemen are trying to do with crime. It's the C's of the morning. COVID and crime. COVID and crime. Which one do you want to sound off on? Call me, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Let's go to the phones until we go off the air this morning at 9 o'clock. Caller on line two, good morning. Who's this? Hey, what's going on, Cameron? This is Mayhem. Good to hear uh, from you. Tell, tell M. I said, what's up? Hey, man, I'm I'm looking um, not uh, uh, putting a lump in a lot of things together. Uh, straight crime. Straight uh People are murdering people, and you know they murdered them. Uh, they need to go to jail, man. Um, not this. I don't care how young you are. You you got the you got the the murders now. Not one or two. You killing whole families. Mm -hmm. You you yeah. you need to be done away. You need to be done away with. And and what's bad about it? You killing people over money, twenty hundred, couple a uh, couple stacks. Mm -hmm. You killing you killing the whole family. And we say we want to love on them and 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 and, and forgive them. Of natural law, man. They they need to be done away with. Uh, another thing, the FOP need to be done away with. Um, Snyder, like you said, he's running for something, and you know I call it selected bias. You only you only looking at black crime. Uh, black people are not the cause of the destruction of Indianapolis, uh, the middle, the inner city. You're not talking about white crime. Uh, it's it. We, if we justify it, I mean, it's white people in the inner city too. We're not even talking about that. Him and Charles Harrison uh, selected bias, uh, making black people look bad to run on uh, to get a, a position. Uh, something needs to be done with that. Peace out, bro. All right. Thank you for the call, sir. 317-239-9696. Let's stay on the phones. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This is Nyla. I just wanted to say this morning that uh, I, I really appreciate the mother who stepped forward to mm -hmm. talk about how to help our community, even in her own loss. Mm -hmm. It is important to look at how to embrace our children, because before they get a mind to think, I want to take him out for his phone, his shoes, you know, he got a couple of little nothing in his pockets, that I think my, my, I'm going to put my life in jeopardy and the life of my family and his life in jeopardy over these small little things. So I think when we look at embracing our children before it happens about self-worth and who they are and, the, and, and also looking at uh, what opportunities, you know, that's the other part we're dealing with as well. Uh, we, the opportunities that are put out there today, you know, we, we used to have recreation. You got to pay so much now to maybe be in the Y or something like that. <clears throat> I used to go to the Y and swim. It might cost me a dollar to swim that day. But what they've done is stripped the communities of, of places where, where people can go and just chill out, you know, and just have some fun recreation. 
they've stripped them from the school. We used to have after-school programs where you can play your sports and all. So what we have going on, you know, even when Mayhem was talking about the money grabbers, the money grabbers are doing it across the board, and they're stripping our community down. And what happens when you strip a community down of hope then you strip them out of opportunity. Then you wonder what's happening when we see these chaotic situations go on. But it's going to take us to get those, keep those boots on the ground. I don't care if you're talking to the young man at the gas station. I would talk to a young man out hustling. I called the school trying to get him put in school and, and just trying to get some. And it may just be the one-to-one sometimes. But it's better that we try to save one and some than none. So, Cameron, thank you for the work that you are doing. And you hitting a hard topic, and people don't want to talk about it, but the, it is real. And if anybody's looking for what's going on with 16 Tech off of 16th and uh, Persian area over what they're doing to gentrify Hallville, we need to look at those jobs that are over there, that biotech place where the old uh, where the old water company is, they are up and running. Those jobs are open. Please, please, the people in our people of color, please get those applications in because it, we don't want to be said we didn't apply for nothing, and that's why this is an all-white company. <clears throat> it is room for we need to make we need to get our share at the table. We need to get those applications in, and as much as I don't like that community center. That community justice center is what they're saying because mm-hmm. they're going to just put us in that center. <laughs> uh, I, I would like to see uh, people of color at least do those applications so when you are in that facility, you can say to that young man, I don't want to see you back in here. I want you to get in school. What programs are offered now? I'd like to get to them before that, but there's going to be some that's going to need you. you know, so if you're considering law enforcement to be a positive, black and and latino uh uh face that they can see that says you know what don't get back up in here and we need to talk about legislators getting in those politicians become a politician because these legislative legislative deals that are coming out talking about incarcerating children putting them in adult court at the age of 12 i was down at that meeting i stood right next to that person when she said to the one person that spoke about let's lower the age, she said, let's make it at least 12 so at least they can be in and we can have them until they're 18. I'm like, really? Really? So we got to wake up on what's going on in terms of the politics and the policies, and we can't just keep sitting up here waiting for somebody else. So right. we got to embrace each other. So I thank you, Cameron. Have a blessed day, and keep on keeping on. All right, Nyla, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. And Nyla actually gave me a couple ideas on things we need to uh, keep an eye out for. And she is right with the jobs coming over at uh, 16 Tech is a big one over on the west side. She also talked about, you know, a place for our kids to go. And I will always shout out the Boys and Girls Club of Indianapolis. Summer is coming. Um, And I was one of the kids who always did the summer program. I had no idea how much we were getting for whatever the price was. I think at the time it was like 25 bucks. And it's gone up a little bit, but it's, it's it's a great place to send the kids over the summer. That, too, is not an advertisement. I'm just giving free shout-outs. With that, that's going to do it for this edition of The Open Line Show. I am Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. The phones are still ringing as we go off the air on this Sunday, which means we'll just have to come back next Sunday at 8 and talk some more. A couple of the things I'm working on, again, working with the Marion County Health Department to get that information here that you guys have asked for. Uh, For people who are on the fence with this whole vaccine business, remember, you can still get vaccinated uh, over at Indigo's new place starting Tuesday at 10 a.m. Do me a favor, follow me on social media at Cameron Riddle and at Open Line Show. That's where you can also uh, listen to the show anytime. Just search Open Line Show anywhere you get your podcasts. More music is on the way on Hot 96.3 and on WTLC. Here comes Al Sharpton. We'll see you next Sunday live at 8.